Hi guys, welcome to the Church Split. My name is Will, and we got Brian back with us today. What's up, heretics? And I mean that in the joking way, not the the James White way, which is kind of just mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those who missed that, he recently called me a heretic for apparently holding the to the classical view of the atonement, you know, the oldest view of the atonement. Early church fathers were also heretics. Anyway, <laughs> so we are, uh, of course, guys, if you don't know what we what we do here, we help you escape your church's echo chamber, learn to think biblically, and of course, challenge the status quo that always needs challenging. So today we are responding to uh, Julie Roy's article on John MacArthur and his kicking out a lady from their congregation. We'll get into that story as we go. But first off, guys, I wanted to thank you all for being patient. We've had some inconsistency in our shows lately, and we are very well aware of that. Um, we were trying to do one weekly there, but then we all had vacation. We had an anniversary. Brian's father-in-law passed away unexpectedly. We've had a lot of things going on, so it's made it kind of difficult for us to do this as consistently as possible. But what we are probably doing just because things are crazy is we're going to switch to an every other week schedule and then we'll squeeze in bonus episodes where we can. And so we're going to try that for a little bit and see if that doesn't help balance things out uh, more for you guys than for us. So uh, with that being said, we have a favorite comment from our last video. Yeah, we haven't done that in a bit. So yeah. So now guys, if you haven't already noticed uh, we have been doing a book review me and david paulman you have what no one's <laughs> heard of this here, review so. <laughs> whoa um so this review has been going over the potter's freedom by dr james white we are uh, multiple episodes in we have one more review left and brian will be joining us on that because he finally decided to read the book once all the hubbub came up to be fair i had it done like two weeks ago but but things happen. Things happen. I went to Chicago. <laughs> I abandoned you. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so now I think this is the time where you break the news to poor David Pullman that he is, in fact, not the new co-host of the church split. Nope. No, he's a good friend, though. But uh, if you guys haven't already, um, because we know that all this has exploded while we've been kind of away, um, Dr. Layton Flowers on Soteriology 101 had David Pullman on yesterday as of recording this video. And he did a great job at responding to everything that most everything that White has said about us up to this point. So I'd go recommend checking that out for a full in detailed uh, exegetical response uh, if you guys are interested. Otherwise, if you're not and you're just here for our normal content, then go ahead. It's fine. You can ignore it. It's no big well, deal. Especially since he essentially blamed Leighton for all of your positions for both you and David for the entire set of videos. So. Right. <laughs> uh, that was my favorite part when he's like, yeah, that's it's all Leighton. Uh, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah. Clearly, this is all latent. But then it also, they're making this up. They don't think about anything. They don't know anything. They they make it up. But also, it's all from Leighton. So I don't know which one it is. It's whether... the compatibilist view of, of how oh. you learned it. Oh, it's the compatibilist <laughs> It's view. both brand new and also stolen. <laughs> um, so anyway, I wanted to address our favorite comment from our last vi video with David Pullman. We have uh, RML... That name at the bottom of the screen. I don't even know how to say that. Uh, he says this. You guys, me and David Pullman, you guys should stick to Dr. Seuss or the Wiggles. Your ability and reading comprehension is not even on that level. So sad. And I would just say that I think it's sad when you got to get your burns and your roast from Dr. James White, because I'm sure you're not parodying his uh, reading comprehension jabs. Right? Yeah, but it is also funny that 
and ironic that you couldn't read his username in the comedy <laughs> saying you can't read. Uh, I mean, that's true. Maybe that's on me. Maybe that's on them. It's just a bunch of letters, but it's fine. You won't find that username in any Dr. Seuss books that I've ever seen. So. No. Maybe the I'm, banned ones. There have been some banned ones. Look, now, man, so. my reading comprehension is not on that level. <laughs> I don't know Dr. Seuss, let alone whatever amazing thing that is. Bottom line is, is that uh, my, all the fanboys and reform boys came out and they started ad homming like a bunch of... And it was so funny how every time he had, uh, White would publish a video, all his w- boys would come over and say the exact same things he said in his video. And then there... Or my favorite was when like White doesn't even respond to our points, but he talks like adjacent, talks about the history of the Reformation when that was not the part point of the videos. And we're like, hey, bro, like we didn't talk about that at all and then the people like well he roasted you here he beat destroyed you i'm like no he didn't address my point at all try again but anyway this isn't a james white video but it had to come up i know everyone's wondering (laughs) (laughs) well i think we do read all all the comments on youtube we enjoy them um and it's really funny to us we will send them to each other when we see you guys commenting in almost verbatim what someone said about us because we know that you're a real true original thinker (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look, man, I might not have a re- uh, I might not have reading comprehension levels, but at least I'm original in my thought process. You're an original heretic. I'm an original heretic. <laughs> oh, gee. Just kidding. I quoted the Church Fathers earlier, so I guess I can't get away with that. Anyway, let's actually jump into this. Um, you guys probably are bored and tired of it all, so let, we'll go ahead and move forward a little bit. But this whole thing with John MacArthur recently exploded, and I saw recently on our Facebook post that a gentleman was like, what, you guys are responding to that? That happened 20 years ago. You know, okay, and this person has apparently a vendetta against uh, MacArthur. I have a few things to say to that. One, does God, does sin have a statute of limitations? As far as I'm aware, God has not established one. That's what I thought. Um, And then also, when you're dealing with this, it's not like, hey, he repented from this. Like, this came out. He's like, yeah, I made a mistake. He's actually been pretty silent on it, Um, which means he stands behind it because I've heard him teach on marriage and divorce. So this actually would be consistent with what he has taught. And then the other thing is simply, yeah, it just came to light. It wasn't – he said it was public knowledge. It's not public knowledge. It's only now become public knowledge. And whether this person has a vendetta or not does not mean – that it's not truthful, that mm-hmm. that is not a point here. In fact, this person also helped break the story of Ravi Zacharias, which turned out to be completely accurate. And whether this person has a vendetta or not is I don't care uh, because somebody might have a, a reasonable vendetta. And yeah. judging by what has come out of this, unless this is entirely inaccurate, there's probably a good reason. Yeah, and I'll, just to be com- perfectly honest, when I saw the article, I was like, that's probably wrong. I was like, this is probably some propaganda hit piece. Someone doesn't like Christians, and here we go. Um, so, I, completely honest, I didn't start reading it with an open mind and open heart. I, was I did like, the same thing. <laughs> I was like, we'll see what they're saying. And then I read it, and I was like, oh, he was really wrong. Like, really wrong. And I think it puts us squarely in our wheelhouse of the church split, because this is something that can split your church. This is something she was essentially fighting against an echo chamber in this church with regard to men's responsibility and women's and um honestly it's it was hard to read and i was embarrassed to be a christian reading this um so because john MacArthur is this like he's a huge voice for christians in the christian community whether you like him or not i'm not I'm going to say something controversial. This is Will's opinion. You don't first have to time like ever. it. Well, first time ever I'm yeah. saying something controversial. <laughs> I always felt like John MacArthur was overrated. 
I'm just going to say it. Like, I, I never found him to be that in-depth. I always found him. I'm like, okay, well, he's, I guess, standard run-of-the-mill as far as reformed boys with leaky dispensationalism is concerned. But I never found him, like, incredible. Um, so for me, I know a lot of people have a huge love for him. And I just never did. Um, it, the whole news about Ravi Zacharias impacted me more than this. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but, you know, I loved Ravi, and I had to come to terms with that. It was just like, wow, that's true. Instead of going to, out there to defend my boy, I had to just, here's the truth. So I think sometimes we got to get our little bias glasses off, and this sort of thing splits churches. When leadership misconducts themselves, it splits churches. When we don't look out for the orphan, the widow, and the victim, it splits churches. And then also it's worth addressing that um, – we have dealt a lot on this channel with spiritual abuse, with uh, abuse, abuse of authority, uh, misuse of scripture, legalism, legalism. <laughs> We've dealt with a lot of this yeah. and this falls right into that. And I know a lot of our stuff has dealt with the IFB and we did, did a couple things on like the weird patriotism of Trumpism, like with mm -hmm. uh, um, Yoon, right? Yeah, Chris Yoon. Chris Yoon. I want to call him Ben Yoon. I'm like, that wasn't right. So this is similar to that. Look, we don't we don't take any prisoners. We're not here just to grind an axe on one particular group. It's when we see this behavior in any group, we want to talk about it. Yeah. In fact, I think if someone were to have spoken out in the way we're going to today, at the time this was going down, I think it may have gone an entirely different route. And maybe some of the abuse that was going on would not have continued, and maybe justice could have been... Uh, achieved sooner or so. if nothing else maybe the victim would at least have had a companion along along her side yeah. to be able to support her because even if a small group that speaks out you have a small group that has your back uh, you already know this i've been a whistleblower before and mm -hmm. i had a small group that supported me as i blew the whistle and um you know actually it turned out pretty okay but uh that i we ended up getting excommunicated but that's okay because the victim mm -hmm. ended up being safe so Anyway, with that being said, you can go to the article in the description below and read it for yourself if you haven't read it already. Um, it is a lengthy read, uh, so we're not going to go through the entire thing and point by point like we normally would, but we definitely want to address some points. But first, we want you guys to watch this video where he actually excommunicates this woman, declaring that she is living in sin. I want to mention a sad situation, a person who unwilling to repent. And the church bears responsibility before God to be the instrument of discipline. That's what church discipline is about. It's not independent of the Lord. The Lord is the head of the church. He says in Matthew 18, when you do this, when you discipline, there am I in the midst of you. It's always a sad thing to do this, but this is bringing heaven down. This is what the Lord Wants. He wants discipline. One of the forms of discipline that he uses is to be put out of the church, to be publicly shamed, to be put away from the fellowship. In this case, it applies to Eileen Gray. Her husband David Eileen had been in the church for many years. Not, some, not too long ago, really, Eileen decided to leave her husband to grant no grace to him at all, to take the children, to go away, to forsake him. 
not to reconcile, to reject all of the instruction and counsel of the elders, all the instruction from the Word of God. Many, many of our pastors have been involved in this very tragic situation in which she continues to throw accusations against her husband. We've done everything we can to call her repentance, and now we have to do what the Bible says and put her out, treat her as if she's an unbeliever, for all we know she may well be. Pray for Eileen Gray that she will repent. And that the joy of her salvation will be restored. Pray for David for the sympathy, the compassion, and the loving kindness of God be his portion. Let's sing Amazing Grace. You know what I'm <laughs> That last part pisses me off. Let's sing Amazing Grace. <laughs> Because that's what they're showing is amazing grace. <laughs> yeah, so much, so much grace, so much love. Anyway, so that comes off. If you first hear it, you're like, "Wow, that's intense!" Like that, she didn't. She left her husband, took the kids with her. She won't repent. She shows him no grace, no remorse. Man, this woman sounds like she's in a lot of rebellion and hatred. You yeah. get that vibe until you read further. Until this report came out. So this was back in 2002, and I, I, I don't care if it's 20 years old. This is someone who the church is supposed to look up to, and this is someone who's never recognized it. So let's just go ahead and read excerpts from the article of the report, and we'll go from there. Now, keep in mind, uh, up to this point, uh, to my knowledge, John MacArthur has not issued a statement. He has not denied any of this or offered any clarification, yeah. um, nor apologized. So, and if we're wrong, link it please in the description. Yes, we would love to see that. We'll pin it comments. to the top. I'm happy to be wrong on that. Um, but anyway, so quote, she said, a woman at GCC, he said, quote, a woman at GCC was living in sin, MacArthur alleged, and though shaming her publicly, he said he was sad. And MacArthur said it was necessary to maintain fidelity to God and his word. Now, also notice in that same video, he also said that she railed accusations at her husband, but the husband actually literally admitted to his crimes. Yeah. They have this documented in the counseling with the church. So it's not like he admitted to his wife. He admitted to the church, the people that he's saying, um, that are saying that she's showing no grace and that she's just throwing accusations out. He admitted that there were accurate accusations. So it's saying that, oh, she just keeps like, railing against her husband, railing accusations. It's no, no, these are these are truth statements. These aren't accusations. <laughs> these are truthful statements that you guys have record of. So that's not an honest statement. And, you know, honest to goodness, I wish I could give more grace in this situation. I do. I really do. But I'm not going to be able to because this is so plain cut and dry. So uh, then, so... When he said it was necessary that to do this, to maintain fidelity, um, go ahead and address that a little bit, Brian. Yeah, I, I, we do agree that sin is terrible in the church. It can cause church splits. We've seen it cause church splits. It needs to be addressed by the elders. It needs... the Part of being a body of believers is to be able to do the rebuking part, say, hey, you're falling out. Let's lift you back up. Let's help correct you. Let's... And we will forgive you, you mm -hmm. know? Paul talked about in Second Corinthians that you that you were mean too long, and they've already repented. They've already uh, you should already forgive them now. Now this is just getting bad, and now essentially you're doing Satan's work in the church by holding someone too accountable. So there is a balance here, but we would admit that sin needs to be addressed. But you also better be darn sure you're actually addressing sin, and yeah. I think that's the big swing and a miss here. And I think as we go through this, you're not going to go. 
well, you know, I could see it either side or, you know, they, it was kind of difficult or there wasn't a lot of detail. No, no, there was a lot of detail, at least based on this article. Right. Well, and this article had has some of the evidence from it, too. So um, so sin does need to be addressed. Um, and what is missed, though, it, when he talks about Matthew 18 here, is this regarding someone sinning against you. So in this particular situation, if divorce in this method was seek, uh, she was seeking was, in fact, sinful, it should have been the husband that followed Matthew 18 and then eventually to the leaders and all that, not the pastor of whom she claims she never spoke to. So she says she never talked to MacArthur himself. But the main point with Matthew 18 is it has to do with sin. So again, as Brian said, you better make sure that what this person is doing is absolutely sinful before you bring it before the church. I only did this twice in my pastorship that I mm -hmm. can remember. No three. Uh, <laughs> we had a few issues. <laughs> Thus, this church Thus the church split. We've um, seen some stuff. I've had to deal with it. Um, I had to address some people causing division right in the foyer, so I had to go up there and <laughs> preach like a Southern Baptist pastor addressing this in there. I've had to address alcohol directly. That was uh, an issue in the church that was being divisive. And then we've had to deal with homosexuality where we had to bring that before the church and discuss it too. Um, and I did everything I could in every situation to avoid that, by the way. I, it's not like I was like, well, that person screwed up. Time to take it to the church. It was very much like the very last step after I did so many things. And usually beforehand, I was dreading the moment because it's just not fun. But um, because anyway, so any another way to, to cause uh, church division is essentially, essentially is what we're saying here is to call out something that isn't sinful as sin. That's well, I mean, essentially what legalism does. Like that's a sin. And mm -hmm. well, no, it's not. But you're saying it is. So you're putting words in God's mouth and then excluding someone from the church who is not causing division and who is not sinning unrepentantly. In fact, one would argue, as this, we read through this and we go through this, that she wasn't someone who was living unrepentant and causing division, but rather someone who needed help and support and protection. Mm -hmm. MacArthur stated, I want to mention a sad situation, a person who is unwilling to repent and the church bears responsibility before God to be the instrument of discipline. <laughs> this passage, this little statement here, should sound very familiar to our, our, our IFB listeners. Uh, and they should, this, they you probably perked right up at this point, right? Yeah. Like, wait, like, that sounds familiar. Another one. <laughs> yep. This is similar language used to push legalism and stop questioning. It should also be familiar to those who watched our episode on Bible Baptist Church in Charlevoix, Michigan with Micah and Julius. Uh, this sounds very familiar. This is the same, almost verbatim the same method, right? Going from the church, publicly shame them. Um, gaslight them in front of the church, lie, misrepresent the situation, um, at least based on what we have from this article and some of the other information we looked up. Uh, doesn't look like John MacArthur was super actively involved in this discipline process. It was more other pastors, so he's not really acting in, out Matthew 18 correctly. And then again, the just the way he's representing this whole situation, is just it's just bad. It's wrong. Right. And But just so we're clear, we're okay with people causing division when it's necessary or naming names when it's necessary. Paul mm -hmm. did that. Yeah. We That's do have fine. examples of Paul doing that. Right. It's okay to do that, but you got to make sure that your T's are crossed, your I's are dotted. So according to MacArthur, Gray's sin was that she had decided to leave her husband to grant no grace at all, to take the children, to go away, to forsake him. 
So I will recommend you guys go and check out our divorce video first. I did a divorce episode before Brian came on full time as the co-host. Um, but you will see as we go on how much Grace was really given to this husband. Yeah, she didn't immediately seek a divorce. Um, and she didn't even immediately seek a separation. She was being abused for years. Um, and she sought guidance from the church. It escalated. Um, and... And then eventually the police got involved when the church failed to do what it was supposed to do. So prior to May 2001, she's being abused, right? And then on May 10, the abuse got worse since involving the children. Then in June of 2001, she files for a separation. She gets a restraining order. Um, and then all the way into August 2002, so more than a year later, is is this confrontation, this rebuking publicly from John MacArthur in front of the church and saying that she showed no grace at all. Uh, just timing shows that there had to be some grace here, but you don't have to just assume that based on the time difference. It's explained in the, in the article. Right, and there's documentation of it. Um, also, I just wanted to make sure I address the fact that, just to give you a synopsis of the divorce view that we, we hold and we think is biblical and we think is accurate to God's law, um, Jesus affords divorce. Now, because the, MacArthur's view on this is very similar to the Independent Fundamental Baptist, to the Pentecostal Holiness, to all these like very strict groups. Um, I said this a while, and I know I'm going to get some hate from people in our little direct circle, but a, lot, a good chunk of the Reformed community as well has the same problem, okay? It is a very IFB legalistic kind of view, and especially on their view of divorce, divorce is never a good thing. It doesn't please God. You know, God hates divorce because that means division and love failed, things like that. But Jesus affords for divorce to take place if there is infidelity. Uh, then he says it's basically up to the person to accept their spouse back or not after the spouse cheated on them, right? Mm -hmm. Paul uh, says, uh, and this is where, what most people use to keep people in homes that are where abuse is happening. He says, to the married, I give this charge, not I, but the Lord. The wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And the husband should not divorce his wife. So people use that and they're like, yep, that's it. Open the shut case. That's all. But the problem is here is that you're not, one, allowing for what Jesus afforded. Paul is, get, Paul is again, he is a Jewish Pharisee. He is, you know, he is someone who is extremely trained in the Torah. He is giving what we call Torah case law here. He's saying that, no, a woman shouldn't leave her husband, but if she does, so there's an if case law here, mm -hmm. um, that she should remain unmarried, okay? And that is a case law because if she they get unmarried, if they divorce for reasons like finances, I just don't like you, those are the reasons that he's really getting at. But Paul also affords that people are free from their marriage if their spouse abandons them. Now let me explain quickly how Torah law would oftentimes work with this. If a husband was abusive, actually the fa her father, so like let's say my daughter gets married one day and he becomes abusive, I as her father in the Israeli community would be able to make a legal contest to remove her from her abusive husband and back under my male protection because to them they it was all about uh, a male protection and mm -hmm. a male uh, administrator so to speak whether people like that patriarchal structure or not is neither here nor there it's actually there to protect women in the ancient near east but we're not going to get into that but the point is here is because cheating on somebody causes infidelity and the infidelity is a problem because the marriage covenant is sex between the two is how it's consummated. 
is that you are rejecting the marriage covenant, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're rejecting the marriage covenant you made with your spouse. But the whole thing about being abandoned also freed you because it's rejecting the marriage covenant. Therefore, also in the Jewish mind, abuse, physical abuse, was considered a rejection of the covenant as well. The reason why you don't see that addressed so much is actually because if a husband was beating the absolute living snot out of his wife, he could have been stoned and killed for it. Mm -hmm. So you don't really see that addressed too much because most of the time they weren't pieces of garbage who would abuse their wives. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. But either way, we see... So that was the idea. In fact, there's actually... Um, I, I really got to try to find the reference for it. But it's a, sto- it's a story that sticks out. There's actually a story of this apparently taking place. I believe it's in the Mishnah. could be in the Midrash. Um, of a daughter who was abused. And the husband went before the, the chief priest and said, I, basically, I want to take my daughter back in for protection. Oh, and the he, father did, you mean? Yep. And, the, and he did. Um, and so the point is, is that... If we, we can make a conclusion that if abandonment means you can leave them and cheating on you means we can leave them, then I'm pretty sure you can infer that physical threat would also be a reason to leave. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's, just, it's the next logical conclusion. It's not a, any, we had a, a spat. We don't get along very well. We haven't learned to humble ourselves. Things that can be developed through character without killing or hurting somebody. All these other things are things that actually physically harm somebody. Yeah, and if you want to go even more in depth in that argument, like I said, Will has an episode on that from a lot earlier on in the church split days, yes. but it's really in depth, and, and he's going to go into the two Jewish views on it as well. And my, uh, Mike Winger has a very long series, like what, four hours of this on this topic, so go check that out too. Um But then he says that we're to treat her as an unbeliever, as Matthew 18 says, for all we know, she may be. Like, what? Yeah. (gasps) So let's assume for a minute that she was sinning. Um, Sin doesn't necessarily mean that you are unsaved, right? That would be what legalism would preach, is that, well, you did this thing, you wore this thing, you acted this way, therefore you're not saved. Um, And we would affirm that that good works would um, affirm a strong faith, a saving faith. But we got to be really careful when we're saying, you did this, therefore not saved. Um, you, you're putting yourself in God's shoes. So you got to just be very careful about how you're judging other people's actions and what that really entails. So Jesus, uh, as we mentioned, Jesus literally explicitly talks about divorce. But when he says, let you be like a Gentile or a tax collector, he's saying, let you be like an unbeliever. Therefore, you need Jesus Christ, right? So the church should be looking to still try to restore you. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting the two different ways Christians treat what we would say are unbelievers, right? It'd be the ones that are saying Christian things, and we're like, no, they're not Christian, and we're really mean to them, right? We're just like separation, uh, ca- uh, cast them out, we call them names, we attack their character, right? But then the other method is, oh, well, we need to bring those to Christ, and I just saved 10 people today, and uh, we're just going soul winning, and we're just preaching the gospel. If that's your approach to those that you don't believe are in Christ that need to be saved, then that should still follow in this situation. You should, when Jesus says treat them as a tax collector, that means give them the gospel. Right. Give them the truth. They need it. <laughs> Don't treat them horribly. So, yeah, no joke. 
So then um, he also apparently urged the church to pray for her husband, David Gray, who taught music and Bible to children at Grace Community Church from 1994 to 2001. He taught children. This becomes extremely important here in a minute. Um, remember, in 2002 is when this whole thing went down. Today, quote, quote, today, David Gray is actually serving 21 years to life in a California prison for his 2005 convictions for aggravated child molestation, corporal, uh, co uh, corporal injury to a child, and child abuse. Wow. Seems like she was right. Well, that seems to uh, bear some weight, doesn't it? Um, all right. Oh, well, we have time for a classic rant. All right. So I was <laughs> like, eh, should I, should I not? Last time I said that, we got in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> so bring your cancel culture. Um, We're ready. Imagine how much I care. So um, this is a huge issue. As someone who grew up in a home with lots of abuse uh, going on, my mother was arrested and brought to jail. And they, she was given like a few months off of teaching Sunday school. Then she was able to come back while she was continually still beating kids at home. She just needs some time. She just, she just <laughs> needs time. Um, and, uh, and I remember when I had to get physical just to protect my siblings from her, that I was told by my pastor that I never should do that. You should never do that. It's dishonoring your parents. It's dishonoring your parents. And all I'm thinking was like, dude... Have you ever been in the, one of these situations where every day your own home is a threat? Have you done, have you lived that way? No. Sounds terrible. You end up really confronting the, the idea that you end up really having to confront the idea of what the, this weird like uh, rainbow land of gumdrops and rainbows that they draw. Like, well, if you just do the fireproof route and you just stay there in love and come in and humble yourself under all this abuse, that things will get better. No. That's what suffer for Jesus. <laughs> uh, you should suffer like Christ suffered. Um, yeah, that's not the same category, nor is it what God called us to called us to do in those situations. Um, but anyway, at the the whole thing here is, is disgusting because it's like if you know someone's abusing children, they should never be around your children's ministry at all. If this person has issues, I'm not saying don't minister to them. Mm -hmm. Minister to them. Please minister to them. They clearly need it. They need the spirit in their life. They need Jesus. Yeah. But don't let them around the kids or whatever their issue is. Disciple them. Counsel them. But you have children to protect. Yeah. And if he molested his children at home, you were just kept handing kids to him on a silver platter. So congratulations. And I I think the, the church kind of reveals a little bit that they thought that um, Eileen might be a little bit right on some of the stuff going on with her children at home with her husband, because, right, that's all really kind of comes to a head in 2001, and that so happens to also be the last year that he's on staff of the church teaching, teaching children. So I think they kind of gave away it a little bit that, uh, okay, maybe she was right a little bit. We were a little bit nervous about getting sued with him being around these kids and him being a little bit of a having a hot temper and taking that on children. Right. So at the time of Eileen's shaming, Eileen had not yet reported her husband's physical and mental abuse to police. Um, that's actually a pretty big deal. So at the time, this guy is only physical, physically and emotionally abusive that she's aware of. So yeah, at this point did not know about the sexual abuse mm -hmm. is, uh, and no, so is physical abuse from a husband, a moral reason for divorce. And I think so, right? Like, I, we're not talking about, like, things got extremely heated, heated at one time, and, you know, one of you guys slapped the other one, 
and instantly were filled with regret and repented of it. We're not talking yeah, about... Or like, he mentally abused me because he told me no. It's like, <laughs> there is obviously a threshold here. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and luckily, my wife and I, we don't have, like, these explosive fights, mainly because, again, my wife is so nice that if ever we had an explosive fight, I would be the bad guy. You yeah. know that. And then you'd feel really bad. Feel horrible. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I mean, I've been, I've seen uh, group families get, like, really intense before, and I've seen, a, you know, a child lash out at their parent as a teenager or a parent get so frustrated with their teenager, they, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's been a strike here or there. We're not talking about that. Like, she walks out, and this guy is over their child with a belt, and the child is terrified and, like, was having definitely signs of PTSD. Yeah, he was having trouble walking, even. Yeah. So, uh, but she does, so anyway, she does report this abuse to the elders at MacArthur's church. Now, whenever this happens, the church should instantly begin rallying around, because Mm -hmm. rarely are these, uh, are these fake uh, accusations, and even if they're exaggerated, it should instantly tell you there's some serious problems at home. Mm-hmm. But she has also not left her husband at the time that she reported this, so she's still at home. So again, Mister No Grace is being shown. Sounds like she's trying to show grace. She's trying to go to the church. She doesn't want her husband arrested. She's trying to fix her home. Yeah, the church gets kind of mad at her because she goes to the police. But we see in the timeline here, she goes to church first. She's following what they th- they say that she should do. You know, you could even make a case that she's following First Corinthians and, you know, church matters are for the church. Okay. She did that, and then they failed her, and then it got worse, and then she went to the police. And to be clear, though, First Corinthians talk about, like, suing one another, mm-hmm. like taking each other to property court all the time. It's not talking about this. In fact, actually... Romans is pretty clear that we should respect the laws of the land, and therefore, in such a situation, we should probably report it if you are obligated to report it. Yeah. So the church believes this is a church matter and not a law matter, and she clearly does too at first, at the beginning. Um, so Eileen had, however, filed legal separation and restraining orders against David due to his repeated abuse of her and her children, as well as his alleged stalking and threats to kill them and himself. This here, uh, whether someone wants to believe that or not, I actually completely 100% believe it just based on a pure anecdotal experience. I'll admit that. It's purely anecdotal. Um, I believe this, and that's mainly because in my experience, narcissists, they do this. They are highly abusive. They are not only abusive, but they will threaten to kill themselves. Uh, I have told this story before, but uh, I'm not sure if I've told it on this program. This might get weird. Um, (laughs) When my mom would go on like an abusive tirade. Just going through punching, slapping, throwing things, and just the I hate yous and all those. She would, uh, and when you would go to try to confront her and get her to stop, she would run to her room. And, you know, I would go confront her because that's my my nature. <laughs> and uh, she literally was like, I'm going to throw myself out the window. And I'm like, no, you're not. She's like, yep, I'm going to throw myself out the window and I hope I die. This is a normal control tactic. They want to control you, so they want to try to make you feel guilty about their decisions. Yeah, plus it's shifting the goalposts, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when I talk about what she did, now you're saying, Mom, don't do that. Dad, don't do that. Right, and now you're don't trying to kill do yourself. That. I don't want you to die. And I was like, no, you're not, and I'm not going to let that happen. And by the way, this is what we're talking about. <laughs> and then um, she would literally go, I'm going to start taking off my clothes right now and make you leave this room. And she would. She would start stripping down. Gross. Yeah, try to unsee those images, bro. <laughs> um, point is, is the fact that, like, no, the narcissists and crazy people do this all the time. They threaten to kill them. They threaten to kill themselves. Um, unfortunately, sometimes this actually happens and people ignore the signs and just keep ignoring. You know, at the time, I was, like, in 
basically the Baptist cult, and I thought the church would kept trying to handle it, and they were supposed to handle it, and they never did. Psych. Oops. Um, but it's okay because MacArthur's a Calvinist, so it's all as God preordained. Oh, I had to get my Calvinist jab in there today. <laughs> and zing. Oh, got him. <laughs> so go ahead and take it away a little bit more there, Brian. Yeah, so we see this. Obviously, we're seeing more and more details of the story as we read this article. It's sounding worse, right? This is, I think, about the time where I'm reading this going, oh, shoot. I think John's wrong. And if you, it's a long article. There, there's a it's, there's a lot of links to other things that are public records, quotes from other people that were involved in the cases. Anyways, um, we can also see that she, uh, the court agrees with her, right? Because they do give her a restraining order against David. Um, and visits have to be monitored with the children, um, and he can't come within 100 yards of Eileen, right? Mm-hmm. So she went to the elders seeking support and protection, tried to encourage her husband to get counseling help. So she's still trying to fix him, Right. She's not saying I want to be gone. I need him fixed. I don't. This can't be the lifestyle we have. I got to protect my kids. So she's she's putting a lot of faith in the church. She's giving them a lot of leeway to help her marriage. That sounds like grace. If anyone's <laughs> keeping track, um, but they give her spiritual counseling, which okay, I'm sure she needs some counseling with this dealing with her kids getting beat up and everything else. Um, and the church is trying to get them back together. Okay. I, I, I see that aspect, right? If I was, if I had this situation at church, I'd be like, okay, well, let's let's see how we can fix this. Um, I wouldn't want to put someone back into an abusive situation, but if there's a way, I, I have full trust in the Holy Spirit that can actually help change someone and and stop their terrible behavior, right? We had a guy on the show that, that literally helped kill a kid when he was a child, and now he's one of the biggest pro-life advocates in the world, and that... I, there's the power of the Holy Spirit right there. I believe that the Holy Spirit has power to change someone out of some terrible sin. So I understand that aspect of church, but um, it doesn't seem to work, and they seem to stick their head further and further in the sand as this goes along. And so they also do marriage counseling at the church. Um, David even admits to abusing his child, kicking and suffocating his children in counseling. I have a year and a half year old daughter. I cannot imagine beating her, let alone suffocating her, which is one of the most horrible ways to hurt yeah. somebody is to just rob them of breath. If you do this to a child, you are the absolute definition of a piece of shit. You are human debris. And if you as a pastor aren't doing something about it, and then now you want to turn around on her and tell her that she's the problem? It's disgusting. This actually, in my view, disqualifies MacArthur unless he openly repents, completely disqualifies uh, MacArthur from his role. It is one of those things where I cannot ever, ever, ever recommend anything of his. Like I said, I never looked up to him, but it wasn't like when I saw a MacArthur study Bible, I didn't go completely like, ugh, gross and cringe. This is going to make me cringe from here on out, and I'm going to be constantly saying MacArthur, stay away from him unless he repents of this and makes an open apology of forgiveness to her family and anyone else. Who knows? If this is only one story, Lord only knows with how many people have attended his church, how yeah, many others have been be impacted others. by this sort of leadership. But, and also, I know John has repented for other things in the past. Perspectives he's had, things he's said, so I know he's capable of it. 
and we will applaud him if he does. Right, but if we not, will. you're not qual- you are not qualified for your position if you don't. Right? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so, and Brian and I have both been on church counseling before. We've been, I think, you and I both in church counseling before. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know. There, the author of this article takes the position that you know professional counseling is needed, and I definitely wouldn't uh, shy away from that. Um, my personal experience, uh, we had some marriage um, stuff going on, <laughs> wasn't like this, um, but it was, and I've talked about this before on the channel, but I would say it's mostly me the sin of um, uh, just complacency, right? I wasn't fulfilling my role. My wife's like, be a man, be the head of the household fulfill your role. And I'm like, how about not though? How about other easy things? And so we went to several counselors, um, some secular, all professional. Um, none of it worked. None of it made me kind of figure it out. And the only thing that clicked was actually when we went to our, our pastor, not a professional counselor. He, he gave me pretty harsh truth from the Bible on how I needed to act and how I needed to treat my wife. And what I, how I needed to be a man and a husband and a father, and it worked. It worked. It took a while, um, but it worked. So I, I do have a heart for church counseling. I think there's a place for it. I don't think all situations work, but I also think we can't shy away from the gospel truth, the truth about how God has ordained men and women to act and to be and to be together. So I think you can't divorce that from counseling on marriage. That's my two cents on it. I agree. I mean, not all church counseling is bad. I've counseled people, and I've seen things turn around. I've counseled other people before and finally told them, you're beyond my skills at this point. You need to see a professional. There's no shame in that. that. I think it just depends on the person. Personally, I've been in church counseling before. All the church counseling I had was not that great. well, had it with my lead pastor growing up. That was terrible. Um, <laughs> and I had it with my youth pastor, and it was like I could tell he was trying, but it, he just didn't know what he was doing, which is yeah. fine. I mean, it's not like I'm going to fault the guy for it. Yeah, I don't think every pastor has to be a counselor either. No, it's, yeah, and also to be <laughs> fair to him, like my family was really jacked up, and it's like, <laughs> let's try to talk to Will about that mess. It's like, how do I approach this? <laughs> yeah, like, like this guy's fresh out of Bible college at PCC. Like, come on. <laughs> Looking through his old college textbooks, like they did not cover this. <laughs> they did not cover that. Like the psycho bipolar narcissistic parent. Where is that in my? <laughs> but the point is here, and I mean, I know guys. I'm I use some strong language here, but I, I think sometimes it's appropriate. Nor do I think it's a sin. Check out our video on that. But there is a point in time, and uh, I don't. I'm not one for pulling my pulling punches on my thoughts and opinions and some people love that you some aren't. people hate it which is i'm not <laughs> totally not um and you know what you can disagree with me that's fine i'm cool with you disagree with me give me your solid straight opinion and you know what i actually respect you for just saying it straight to yeah. me <laughs> um and also might disagree so <laughs> but still bring it yeah it's fine in fact some of my best friends i still disagree with regularly anyway so eileen said carrie hardy um a former GCC associate pastor and personal assistant to John MacArthur told her she needed to model for her children how to suffer for Jesus by enduring David's abuse. <laughs> uh, oh, that's painful. Remember, he's admitted to kicking and suffocating them at this point. 
Yep. And, oh, yeah, well, you need to suffer for Jesus. When Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, he's saying to pick up your burden, right? Like, he's saying, take it, whatever your earthly burden is, just pick it up and follow me. Like, it's going to be okay because his burden is easy and his yoke is light. Um, but he's not – this whole – you can use that for anything. Look, just suffer for Jesus, suffer for Jesus, suffer for Jesus. Um, that And one of the biggest problems, too, is because this whole idea of, like, well, Jesus endured – horrible abuse and then the wrath of God. And, you know, there's, and uh, many of you guys know, I hold to classical view of the atonement. We will do an episode on the atonement, but nowhere in scripture does say that Jesus endured the wrath of God. So this whole idea of like endure wrath, like Jesus endured wrath is not a proper dichotomy. Um, even if it was, even if Jesus did, which doesn't mean that you get to sit there and you should model that by enduring every single immoral thing on planet earth. Jesus suffered it for a purpose, a grander purpose, a, a greater moral good. Greater, has lo- of the no- greater love has no man than he who lays his life down for a friend. Jesus was ex- expressing love in his death by enduring that. There's no expression of love in just enduring being beat. There's no purpose behind it. And you kind of see the dichotomy here of the clip we played at the beginning, you know, John MacArthur addressing the church and these things that they're saying to her and what they know. So they know that David admitted to kicking and suffocating, and then they have the gall to tell her to suffer for Jesus, to be an example for her kids. Like, oh, just you know, show them how you can take a punch, just like when they get take a punch. It's like, no, this is not how a family situation should be at all, especially for a family of believers. Seriously. Like, where is the love of Christ in you? Right. And where's the love of Christ in any of this? This is all just horrible, right? Like, And I'll keep saying it. Where's the grace? Well, here, again. <laughs> she's showing grace. One might say too much. Um, but, you know, God, goodness, God, give her credit for trying. Uh, and honestly, if this, if, if this shows that they knew it was occurring and that they expected her to endure it instead of correcting the sinner. There's another gaslighting tactic and another control tactic. This is exactly what I expect to hear, see when I run into one of the, some of the worst cult leaders in the IFB. This is the sort of treatment I expect. But we can't question great John MacArthur because it's a great John MacArthur. Like... I'm so sick of the man of God status, this whole celebrity pastor garbage. I'm and we don't care who he is or what he believes. If you're, you're getting put on the pedestal and you're enjoying it and you're reveling in it and you're leveraging it against poor abused women and, and their children. you live in a mansion. <laughs> I don't care. Like, uh, honestly, that's uh, we had that comment today as well when the whole James White thing blew up was one person's like, well, you know, James White basically gets to get, say what he wants and get away with what he wants because he's established enough of a reputation. He's been doing this long enough. He has more respect than you. So he kind of gets to get away with it. If you guys want to be taken more seriously, you got to do double the effort against him. Um, and you know, show ten times more class. I'm like, no, that's not. <laughs> that's that is like world's logic. Like, well, these people are up here, so therefore we got to treat them higher, and uh, the rest of us little peons, we got to treat them differently. No. Yeah, Paul directly addresses that in Second Corinthians, talking about the super apostles and how you know he's like, was I sinning because I didn't charge you to listen to me? It's like. If you want to listen to some apostolic sass, read 2 Corinthians, because he is all about it, specifically against those super apostles who are tr- these grand orders that are leveraging um, their fame and fortune to pretend to give the gospel, and then they're holding them up against Paul, and like, Paul, why don't you be like these guys? He's like, 
I was literally confronted with, by Jesus on the road to Damascus. Do you, do I need to boast about my spiritual experience with Jesus too? Have not my words and and the fruits of my work here in this church been enough? I mean, Paul is not pulling punches. It's actually kind of a fantastic. I want chapter. that to be a T-shirt filled with apostolic sense. <laughs> we should add that to we the. Add that to the. <laughs> uh, so. Um, Anyway, all right, they, they took harsh action against her for unrepentant sin, which, again, you have yet to demonstrate how this is sinful, what she's doing. Um, where is this same harsh stance against her husband? Like, you said she railed accusations. But the guy admits to suffocating children. Oh, but she doesn't show grace that she's living in sin. She won't go back to her husband. But we won't talk about the husband. Uh, when Eileen refused to take David back, GCC sent her multiple letters over several months in 2001 and 2002, which she recently provided for the Roy's report. The letters threaten Eileen with church discipline if she fails to comply with the elder's request to draw the protective order against David and take him back. This is culty. This is mm -hmm. like what I expect from the Jehovah's Witnesses, by the way. When I uh, was the whistleblower um, of that sexual abuse situation that I had to deal with... Um, I was I received letters from the church too, basically trying to control me. Um, it, it, this is what I expect again from Jehovah's Witnesses from culty situations. I recognize that we only have one side of the story. I recognize mm -hmm. that. So my bad. Well, you're going off one side of the story, but with the testimony of of homeboy being in prison for 21 years to life for abuse and sexual abuse of a child, I'm pretty sure we can see what happened here on the one side. Yeah. And maybe the courts also got it wrong. And we are fully willing to do another episode if we are all the way wrong and this new evidence comes out. But what we've been given here, it, it sure seems to follow logically. And like I said, we, I did not go into this with an open mind going, John, John MacArthur's a terrible person. I was like, I think this is probably trumped up. And now I'm like, nope, I don't think so. Yep. Um, so this is way outside of the church's purview, in my opinion, to issue such a statement to people and borders on manipulation and, again, uh, control. They already agreed with her that he was abusive. David admitted it. Why do they think dropping the protective order is even wise? Then people wonder why the church gets a bad rep. For all this time, Eileen had remained silent about her ordeal out of concern for her minor children. She added that she feared backlash from Christians in her community who revere MacArthur and GCC. And can you blame her? Even now, I and on my own Facebook page, I have people defending him. Mm -hmm. He's a celebrity. He's a, no one wants to say that uh, Mickey Mac was wrong. Um, but he he is. He was. Um, so this is not being the church. And this is not rallying around her. This is not showing protection. And we were called to protect the children and the widows. Do you know why? It is not because children and widows are somehow more important. It's because they're the most vulnerable. They're the ones who are most likely to be hurt and taken advantage of, left behind, forgotten, and abused. That is why we should be protecting abuse victims. Yeah, the church shouldn't go like, here, hold my beer. Let me also go abuse this poor woman, right? This is... This is terrible. You should not be putting her back into a terrible situation. Again, the church is where, who should bear one another's burdens, take each other and help one another. This isn't that. She was open and honest with the church leadership, and they used it against her. And that's the part that sickens me. It's like, mm -hmm. wow, this person was vulnerable. They came to you, and then you just whipped it around and used it against them and cast them out. Like you spat them, you spew them from your mouth, and it's, it's, it's vile. 
even if this assumption on her part was wrong, okay, it's clearly not impossible conclusion from her experience so far that the backlash might be too much. And I also respect that she was waiting for her minor children to be older because last thing you want is like your sexually traumatized, you know, seven-year-old to now have to relive this experience because everyone knows mm-hmm. and want, and that might come up in conversation. You might overhear people talking. I get why she kind of kept silent yeah. on that because as a parent, your number one concern is usually your child. Go ahead and take the next part. Yeah, so it says uh, Eileen Gray reported David Gray's abuse to the LAPD in 2003, leading to David's trial and conviction in 2005. So it was on her testimony that actually got him put away to the 21 years to life. Um, and that's she. So she's essentially winning this this very persistent legal battle um, after trying what seems to us all possibilities to reconcile, to seek help from the church, to um, look to the church leaders to help to help mold her husband, to get him some spiritual counseling, to get him back on the right path. All those failed, and it only just got worse. It only got worse. And it's a shame that the police could be more sympathetic to the plight of a woman trying to protect her kids from an abusive husband than the bride of Christ on earth, which is the church. Imagine that. It really, it really puts the church in a bad light, guys. Like, oh, the police and the legal system even had more compassion than the church did. Wow. And that's and I, someone who's a libertarian, not a big fan of governmental <laughs> intervention. That's painful to say. <sighs> in 2004, two staff members at GCC were written up by LAPD for their alleged mishandling of David Gray's abuse. So these people even got slapped on the wrist. Yeah, so we have even more evidence that they are mishandling this. They're not listening to her. There's credible evidence of the reported abuse by Eileen, and even the police is like, nope, you failed. You failed. And one of them even gets actual misdemeanor for it. Yeah, yeah. Carrie Hardy was charged with two misdemeanors, failing to report child abuse and intimidating a witness. This isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> like, eesh. And this is public record. And so people are like, oh, you're just going on gossip. It's like, no, these are things that have been well investigated and confirmed. It's, oh, my goodness. Bill Shannon, who currently leads GCC's biblical counseling ministry, was not charged, but ordered to appear at the city attorney uh, attorney hearing. All right. Eileen testified that she went out to the living room of the family's home where she found David holding a belt and one of her children crying with disheveled hair. When confronted, David told Eileen that God had made him the authority and that this child needs more pain. Eileen testified. This is actually something that is taught in authoritarian circles. And then they'll say that they're complementarian. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the things that I'm regularly fighting against in our comment section. I was like, no, I'm complementarian. Like this, uh, but that authority, I grew up and they'll start describing a situation like this. I'm like, mm-hmm. no. That's not complementarianism. That's authoritarianism. Yeah. Um, or one might say an extreme, ex, an extreme headship view. Mm-hmm. That's not what a complementarianism is. So, anyway, this is the problem with not understanding the biblical role for men and women in marriage. He isn't just the authority. He's the servant leader. He's the protector and the provider. He's failing to do though that. He can't fail to be a protector than claim authority. Right? Like, you can't yeah. sit there and be like, oh, no, I'm not going to protect you. I'm actually going to be a threat to you, but claim authority over you. That's not how this works. His authority is only as far as God gave him. That's it. 
So if he's doing that which is contrary to God's moral rules, you are morally obligated to push back. Anyway, I'm not going to get on my hobby horse too much on that. But. Yeah, so just to be clear, when we say complementarianism, we say that means we believe that man and woman in marriage are equal in value but have different roles. And they complement one another through those roles. And they're serving one another. And, right, so mm -hmm. the husband's supposed to act like Christ to the church. This is not how Christ acts to the church. Right. Men's role is to love their wives, have patience and self-control, and to submit one, themselves to her. Um, right here, he is shirking responsibility. This is sinful. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This isn't doing that. This is sin. So is David being the authority, the biblical role of a husband or a father? Violent men are actually, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, expressly disqualified from church leadership, not to be a brawler and prove themselves blameless. Yeah, so he was a leader in the church, right? He's on staff as a teacher of children, which just blows my mind with this whole thing, too. But Can you imagine him teaching Brayden? Oh, my. <laughs> see red. If you disqualify yourself from the role of husband and father, you shouldn't be expect the wife to submit to someone who is not submitting to God, nor should you expect her to go back to him if he destroyed the marriage covenant this badly. So about a month later, this child told Eileen that David had repeatedly hit the child in the head with a toy and kicked the child. Eileen testified the day after learning these details. Eileen found a lawyer and filed a legal separation restraining order against David, as she should. Like, you know what? This is out of control. I, we just got to protect the family at this point. That's the event that finally got her to go to the law. Mm -hmm. This isn't the first time. So, again, she was showing grace. She was trying to allow for him to figure out that he was wrong. And well, then if your kid comes up to you and tells you this, oh, yeah getting them out of there. Well, same thing happened with my dad because my mom was getting like, getting worse and worse and worse and got so bad. My dad finally called the police one day when my mom went completely ballistic. That's when my mom got arrested. It was a finally like, you know, rubber hit road. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Um, this all happened. She told her church and they said that she was sinning. Benefit of the doubt here, maybe in what she said was unconvincing, but David does admit this. So maybe they didn't find her testimony convincing at the time, I'll give benefit of the doubt there. You know, sometimes I, as a pastor, I'll say I've heard some crazy things. And so sometimes I listen, I'm like, okay, I don't really know what to make of that. I don't, what part's true, what part's not. And we'll fully admit that, that sometimes men will hear women with a certain tone of voice or the way that they describe things and we dismiss it. We go, she's kind of psycho. She's kind of crazy. This all sounds very far-fetched. So I get that mentality. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I just get it that even just the tone of someone's voice can affect how seriously you take them. So maybe she has a voice that just makes him go, I don't know, I don't, sounds wrong. Or maybe that he has such a good front that they can't imagine him even doing these things. So maybe they didn't know how to make of it. However, the benefit of the doubt seems to kind of fade entirely when he admits this. The church yeah. has known that he admits it. So it's like even then we're like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I could see at the beginning maybe going, I don't know, Eileen. I don't know. Is this really true? And then, and yeah, and like giving it time to try to figure out the truth before yeah, then you David's go like, crazy. Oh, yeah, I kicked him. And they're like, oh, Eileen, stop sinning. 
It's like, <laughs> give me a break. Doesn't just make you angry the more you it think about it. It just makes me upset. <laughs> Certainly more digging was done before the church decided to publicly shame her for protecting her children from a man not fulfilling his spiritual head of the household role at all or his protector or as his role as protector. Shannon added that the protective order violated 1 Corinthians 7.10, which instructs women to uh, not to separate from their husbands. I told you. <laughs> yep. And, they like this verse. Uh, yep. 10 and 11. To the married, I give the charge, not I but the Lord, that the she should not separate from her husband. And again, this is why... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is why it, good hermeneutics is important. Scripture does not exist in a vacuum. This is why sola scriptura is bunk. I just said it. Because there's a historical context. There's the writer's the, there's the writer's view, the historical view. There's what is he referencing? What is there's so much more going on that you can't just say the Bible only the Bible alone. You have to say there's accurate information around it. So when Paul is saying this, you have to be asking, is he saying never, ever, 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 and under any circumstance, ever, ever, ever separate? Well, if that's the case, then Jesus was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is why can't have it both ways, guys. Stupid hermeneutics. Um, this is why we I say all the time. This is what the historical context is. What the Jews believed at the time. This is why I tried to do my best to dig into those things, so that way I'm giving an accurate teaching on this channel. But also that shoot, man, I want to know that I'm accurate in my teachings and that my understandings. Any, which is why we have you know probably more so than some people would like have chided against a lot of reform doctrines lately. And that is because of that reason. It's just like, well, these, these doctrines didn't exist before this time in history, right? There's, so you're pulling something into scripture and not letting it breathe within its context. But anyway, and to further get on the theme of the church knew the church understood what was going on. They ignored it and still decided to go after Eileen. It says here, however, two days after that meeting, Shannon met privately with, with David so this is one of the, the pastors. And then the church arranged for Eileen to stay with a church family until the protective order went into effect. What does that tell you? At least what does that tell me? David said enough that they're like, I don't think her and the kids are safe. And we're going to arrange for the kids to be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. This is at least, at the very least, a bad enough situation where enough accusations are being thrown around and... Tempers are not being um, abated, so let's at least pull them apart and let the situation cool down. So I'm telling you, they understood what was going on. Right. So the benefit of the doubt doesn't really exist. Normally, I would be like, oh, here's the benefit of the doubt more uh, more so. I try to do that, but in this situation, it seems pretty cut and dry. In November 2001, Eileen wrote GCC and requested that the church remove her from its membership. GCC denied Eileen's request. So she's even going, remove me. I want no part of this anymore. And in IFB churches, they'll do this too, that you are not able to re revoke your membership. They have to revoke your membership. Total inability. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> really? The total depravity, total inability statement? That's yeah, true, though. I mean, it's, you're not wrong. So the church is at least being consistent with its, with its soteriology and church membership. You have total inability. <laughs> this uh, happened six months before the, that video we showed of, of John MacArthur. Which means that what MacArthur did was actually completely unnecessary because she didn't even consider herself a member of the church. She wanted to remove herself from membership of the church. But I said he just led to like, you know what? It's a good idea. You know that lady who's been through a lot of crap? Let's just 
throw one more. Just let's just put one more straw in that camel's back. You know, while they're down, why not kick them a few more times? Yeah, and I feel like this is this is way anecdotal and, and opinion. But when I listen to him read it, and he goes, and uh, today it's Eileen Gray. Like he's like, what's her name again? What has she did? I, I don't. I'm really not involved in this, but I have to yell about her. Like it just seemed like so impersonal. Like she's like, what? what? I get it. It's a big church. Maybe he had never met her. I don't know. But then it also goes impersonal. to show that he then should not be addressing it. Yeah, it, it, you that's do not, not follow Matthew 18. If, if you don't know anything about it, you should shut up. Um, I've seen this in churches. Uh, Clarence Sexton was at Temple. Man, like the amount of times he would go up there and say certain things. Like you don't talk to any of those people, but you're talking like you do. Um, I was in the deaf ministry, and I can't tell you. My favorite part was when somebody was like, well, Clarence Sexton's your spiritual authority. I'm like, Clarence Sexton doesn't know my name. He does now, though. <laughs> but anyway. A <laughs> um, little bit of your pride showing. <laughs> it's funny. I, no, it's more like it's more like a Jack Sparrow moment. Like, like they're but like, you have heard of me. Yeah, you are the worst crony we have ever heard of. And I'm like, oh, but you have heard of me. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy that meme. That's, uh, that's a good meme. Anyway, so the next year... Eileen learned that David had not only physically and emotionally and verbally abused her children, but had actually sexually abused them as well. She then reported her husband's abuse to LAPD. Even then, GCC did not defend or support Eileen, but instead rallied behind her husband. Give me a break. Like, what does the man have to do for you guys to be like, you know what, Eileen? You're the real MVP here. You're right. He sucks. Talk like, about rose-colored glasses. Good grief, guys. <laughs> really, like, what does what does he have to do? Does he have to, like, publicly murder a puppy? Yeah, I feel like they're like, well, at least he didn't kill anyone. Like, is that our threshold? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so, all right, so be- beating children, okay, verbally abusing children. Okay, we're fine with that. Okay, okay, molesting kids, oh, okay. Pu- Suffocating. Push, pushing the envelope, fine. Suffocation, fine, okay. Uh, murder, okay, so that's the... <laughs> Oh, my gosh, this just irritates me so bad. You see why I want to address this? Because this kind of behavior at church leadership is what causes church splits. It what causes people to leave the faith. This is the same kind of behavior when you talk to some atheists, and like the church is full of hypocrites who don't follow what they say, they don't practice what they preach, they exalt man, they don't exalt God. This is exactly what we're talking about. This is exactly what they're talking about. Point in case. Thank you for making us look foolish. We're supposed to be the bride of Christ. We're supposed to be the church. We're supposed to look out for the helpless. I'm sure there's plenty of people in this church, because I know John MacArthur stands that are very pro-life. This is how you act pro-life. This is not looking out for children. This is where that, that whole idea of, no, they're not pro-life, they're just pro-birth ends up getting credibility. And that angers me. That mm-hmm. It's like, no, stop giving them ammo. Stop it. You're giving the liberal and the leftist crazy shills all the ammo in the world. Because what's going to end up happening is I'm going to end up saying, no, we do care about the widows. We do care about single mothers. Because I know all the things that my church and other churches have done to help these people. And then what, someone's going to inevitably be like, oh, you mean like John MacArthur helped you know, Eileen Gray? That's going to come up. Now I'm going to have to address that every single time. Thank you for that. Thank you, guys. That was very helpful for the church's testimony and the testimony of Christ. I'm sure yeah. this did not hurt our testimony at all. Um, and then you wonder why people are leaving the church in droves. And I want to get ahead of this, too. I know we're going to get this accusation. Brian and Will, you guys are just being judgmental. If that 
fine. We are. We're being very judgmental. Yeah, judgmental. One hundred percent. One thousand percent. If you look at this situation and what this church did, what David did, allegedly, but he's convicted, and then you look at the bold and harsh words we're saying, those are not equal. Those are not equal. How judgmental of you? Well, that's always the funny part, right? You're being so judgmental, says the person who's judging me for being judgmental. Where the, the righteous judges all things. He who, you know, the righteous judges right from wrong. That's what we're doing. This is wrong. I'm making a judgment call. I'm not saying I know MacArthur's heart. I honestly think that MacArthur believes what he believes, and I think is genuine in his beliefs. I think what he believes and how he acts out on those beliefs are wrong. Um, I just, it just is. And this is why I'm saying, like, this is an issue in the church at large. And I see it a lot of times in the extremely conservative groups, Pentecostal holiness, even Jehovah's Witnesses, IFB, um, Eve Southern Baptist. I've seen this in um, the Reformed community. Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely some Scientology crap. Like, yeah, it's just that level of just cultism that you're like, wow, that's, that's intense. And so this is exactly why I go to a very high grace church. Same with you. You're, you and I both go to very grace-centered churches, um, even though it's funny because I think you and I would be accused of not being gracious. <laughs> I'm not being very gracious today. I will admit it. I'm not. I'm mad because this should not have happened. Right. This hurts the church. This hurts people. This hurts people's faith. It, yeah. It, but we it, have to call it out. We're not going to ignore this stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and can we actually thank you for bringing that up? <laughs> all right. Tirade again. So John MacArthur is praised by the Reformed community all the time, right? It's You always hear the same names in the Reformed camps, right? And you, other communities, to be fair. Yeah, to be uh, to be fair. But I'm just going to say specifically the Reformed community because that's where he hangs his hat. So you have Vody Bauckham, R.C. Sproul, um, James White. You have these people who are all part of the Reformed community where Dr. Well, where Dr. Where John MacArthur resides. I haven't seen a single statement of anyone dealing with it or condemning it or anything. It's like as soon as one of their own does something horrible, well, we brush it under the rug. We brush it under the rug. We don't want to acknowledge it because that's a problem. Like we, That's going to cause this issue. Remember when we got in a bunch of trouble for addressing one of our own when Eric Skorzynski left the faith? Mm-hmm. This is why we did it. Because I do not want to be accused of hypocrisy. I don't want to be accused of ignoring the elephant in the room. Period. And this here hurts the faith. Jesus says it's okay to divorce under certain circumstances, so does Paul. They don't mention outright abuse, but if you get into history, you know that's actually part of it. So does, does, does GCC know better than Jesus Christ? This is legalism. When I asked the, the old 90s question of WWJD, who would Christ have sided with here? He's the one who said, he who harms one of these little ones is better than a millstone be wrapped around their neck and them cast into the sea. I can tell you where Christ would have hung his hat. And anyone who sides with MacArthur on this, unless some serious evidence comes out that all this is a fraud, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And you need to get right, and you need to start asking yourself, is it because it is someone that you've looked up to and it's an idol issue, a bias issue, or maybe you should just humble yourself and go move forward? Because that's what this is. That's what it is. It's, yeah. it's an idol issue usually. Um, and sometimes it's remove your bias a little bit, and that's hard because we're all biased. One, that's one of my favorite parts that even White has accused me of. Well, these guys are completely biased. 
Yeah, you are too. You're biased as you know. You're a biased Calvinist. You're a biased uh, MacArthur fan. Uh, I might be a biased person. Or what's her uh, what's her name who did this Julie. article? Julie. Yeah, Julie Royce might be uh, completely biased against him. We all have bias, but at least be honest about your bias, and then examine is is your bias legitimate? And again, we both want to do a bias pro John MacArthur reading this article. Yeah. That's true, because you normally actually it's funny because politically speaking, I and socially, I'm like usually like yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Like again, I don't find him profound, but I'm like yeah, I agree, I respect that. I've defended him several times in the last six months with the COVID stuff, other stuff, not even that. There was a, another podcast that was talking about him, and I was like, I don't think you got that quite right. I, I think you misrepresented him. So we don't hate John MacArthur, and this isn't because he's reformed or whatever. It, we're bringing this up because it was, it was made public. It's a church splitting issue. Yep, he was wrong. Yep, and he can repent, right? <laughs> to use his own words against him, right? Don't be in, in unrepentant sin, right? Just admit it, admit it, move on. So I, I never enjoy doing like heavier episodes like this. Congratulations, yeah. Brian, on being back for for your first <laughs> yeah, one, being back. Bit... Do one deep. Um, oh. So anyway, guys, um, Brian, do you have anything else you wanted to say? Are we good? I think I've said everything I want I to say. I think I've said everything I need to say. I probably said more than I should have said. But, well, I'm sure. We'll edit all that out later. If you thought there was enough spicy stuff, we already cut it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, guys, thank you so much for watching. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel if you want. If not, go ahead. Don't um, leave us five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify. And um, or leave us one stars and you know again back to the spicy comments we like those yeah uh, let's put on the, the, our favorite comment up next time so give us something some good material to so, use. Something, <laughs> something to look forward to all right guys thank you so much for watching take care and God bless and remember don't be child abusing hypocrites and don't protect abusers expose them and then bring them to repentance.